know what that sound means. It's another exciting installment of the Van Brawl Season Podcast, where we talk local sports, both the Atlanta Pro franchises, like the Braves, Hawks, Falcons, and we also talk the University of Georgia Bulldogs. So strap in, guys. It's another exciting episode about to start right now. What is up, Podcast Land? This is your host, Jam and Joe, the Band for All Seasons podcast. And on this week's episode, we're going to talk a lot of baseball. With this being Memorial Day weekend, this is kind of the start of the baseball season, like I said last week, where you can really begin to look at the Major League standings. So we will be talking a lot of Atlanta Braves, a lot of Major League Baseball, and you'll find out who I think is the biggest threat to the Braves in the National League East. I'll give you a clue. The Braves are playing them in this series that will be concluding tonight as a part of Sunday Night Baseball, but we'll be talking some more Atlanta Braves as the show goes on. I also am going to be talking some University of Georgia Athletics. There's some news as far as the baseball program that we need to discuss, and there's also some news concerning the greatest rivalry in all of college football. The WLOCP, the world's largest outdoor cocktail party. So we will be talking some Georgia athletics and some Atlanta Braves on this show. But before we get into the sports conversation this week, guys, and before we get a word from our sponsor, I do want to say with a big Memorial Day on Monday tomorrow, I'd like for all of us to just take a moment and think back and reflect on the men and women who served in our armed forces and who laid down their lives to protect a country like ours so we can have opportunities to watch to watch Major League Baseball, to be able to grill out, to be able to hang out by the pool, things like that. I think we should all take a moment at some point this weekend and really think hard about the men and women in our armed forces who, who gave their lives to protect a country like the U.S., so as we go into Memorial Day, ju- just think about that tomorrow. Ju- ju- just think about those families and think about, I-, I just wanted to say that. And so now it's time to get a word from our sponsor. And Fan for All Seasons is brought to you in part by George Smoke Barbecue, authentic original smoked barbecue catering. You can learn more at georgesmoke.com. So guys, as I said in the beginning of this show, we are going to talk a little baseball. But before we get into that, I do want to give a shout out to my boy Nick. Nick Quartz, yesterday I went to his graduation party. He graduated from a school here in Atlanta nearby um, with a master's degree. I'm so proud of him. Nick and I were really good friends back in our college days at UGA. And he's just one of my very best friends. So I'm glad I got to hang out with Nick and his family. So at Nick's party yesterday, I met this guy named Logan, and Logan is a is a big sports guy. I told him about the pod. He said he was going to be tuning in. He also told me that his first cousin pitches for the Cleveland Guardians. His name is Hunter Gaddis. Gaddis is from Canton, Georgia, and Gaddis in his last start, he pitched six innings, four strikeouts, one walk, and gave up two hits. Gaddis. Pitches today for the Cleveland Guardians against the St. Louis Cardinals. And the Braves will actually be visiting the Cleveland Guardians the week of July 4th. So, shout out to my new buddy Logan, who's going to be tuning in to the pod going forward. I'm excited about that. It's always good to get a new fan and a new supporter. And Nick, I am so proud of you, buddy. Uh, keep, Keep killing it in life like I know you are. 
and we will hang again soon, my dude. Anyway, I just wanted to bring that to everybody's attention really quick. And so now we're going to jump to some Atlanta Braves conversation. So this is a big series for the Braves tonight. It concludes a 10-game homestand. And like I said, the Braves are on Sunday Night Baseball tonight on ESPN. So some cool things about that. Matt Olson will be wearing a microphone. He will be mic'd up tonight. So Carl Ravitch and Eduardo Perez and guys like that on ESPN. And Tim Kirchin will be able to talk to Matt Olson as he's playing first base. I think this is kind of a cool feature ESPN does. I was not really the biggest fan of ESPN, of ESPN doing this originally, but now that I've gotten to see it, you kind of get a little bit more inside the personality of these guys. And I think it'll be cool for fans to kind of get to know a little bit more about Matt Olson here in Atlanta. So that, that'll be cool if you're flipping around the TV. And even if you're even if you're a Braves fan or even if you're not a Braves fan, you'll get a chance to learn a little bit more about one of the most talented guys in Major League Baseball, Matt Olson. So that's something uh, to keep in mind tonight. Spencer Strider takes the ball for the Atlanta Braves. This is a big game tonight for the Braves. I think they need to conclude this homestand on the correct foot. You get Strider going tonight. Hopefully Strider can bounce back after his last performance. He, I mean, Strider wasn't bad. He, he gave you a chance to win. The pitch count with Strider just sometimes gets too high. And that kind of worries me a little bit about him. But when Strider's on, he's on. He's... He's really, really good. Another guy with the Braves that I really have been encouraged with is Charlie Morton. He's done a good job of stabilizing the rotation as being the crafty vet. Charlie Morton, as we know, is known for having a really good fastball and a really good curveball. And he's able to mix the two pretty well. I thought Charlie Morton pitched well yesterday. He gave the Braves a chance to win. I feel like all these guys are giving the Braves a chance to win. Honestly, the Brave who I've been most surprised with, and honestly... I would say most Brave fans feel this way, is Bryce Elder. Bryce Elder, y'all, at the beginning of the year, was the opening day starter for the Triple A Gwinnett Stripers and is now top three in ERA in Major League Baseball. By no means is Bryce Elder a flamethrower. Bryce Elder is the type pitcher, he, he's a throwback pitcher. He, he, he locates. He does a good job of mixing in secondary pitches like, Bryce Elder's slider is one of the best in Major League Baseball. It's really, really good. And he does a good job of mixing that along with his four-seam fastball. Bryce Elder has really stepped up in a major way for the Braves. And I've been very encouraged by what we have seen from Mr. Elder. And I hope we continue to see more and more improvement from him. Honestly, if you want to make a comparison to Bryce Elder, Bryce Elder, guys, to me... Reminds me of what Kyle Wright did last year in 2022. I don't know if Bryce Elder is going to rack up the number of wins that Kyle Wright had. Because what Wright did a year ago was just silly. Really, really impressive stuff. Um, but I, I really have been impressed with Elder. And he's done a good job, like I said, of mixing in secondary pitches. And is a guy that I think the Braves can rely on and feel good at. And... I mean, let's not forget, Bryce Elder was a big-time draft pick coming out of the University of Texas. Like, Bryce Elder was, was thought of very highly in the Braves organization and is now finally getting that chance. So I'm really happy for Bryce Elder. As I mentioned earlier, Spencer Strider, he's shown what he can do. You know, with his 13-strikeout game on April 24th against the Marlins, when, like I said, when Strider's on, Strider is really on. 
And it was, it's going to be a year ago tomorrow when Spencer Strider made the move from the bullpen to the rotation. All in all, like I said, I've been encouraged with Strider. I really like what the Braves have gotten out of him. My big question with him is can Strider not rely on his fastball so much? Strider's fastball is really good. It's one of the best in baseball. It's electric. I, for one, would like to see Strider use more of his secondary pitches and command those for strikes. And I feel like if he uses his changeup effectively, he won't have to rely on his fastball too much because I felt like in his last start against the Dodgers, in particularly, which I was fortunate enough to be at on Tuesday night, it just seems like to me sometimes Strider does rely on his fastball too much. And hey, if I had a fastball like Strider's, I would rely on it too. But hopefully, like I said, he can continue to use his secondary pitches for strikes, take some pressure off using that fastball. Another Braves pitcher that I've been very encouraged with has been Jared Schuster. Schuster was the Braves' top overall draft pick in 2020. Schuster was a guy who came from Wake Forest University in the ACC. Wake Forest has a pretty solid baseball program. And Jared Schuster is a really talented left-handed pitcher who the Braves were extremely high on. I remember that 2020 draft because that was still in the era of there not being much sports. So I remember I was glued to the Major League draft. And I watched that thing from cover to cover, basically. Because I was just starving for sports, guys. I was just starving for it. And so, seeing the dramatic rise that Schuster has taken to to where he is now, being a part of this Braves rotation, has been really nice to see. Schuster had, has had a couple of rocky starts uh, when he first got called up. I know his major league debut did not go as we had all hoped in that in the freezing cold of Washington, D.C., all the way back in early April. But you look at him now, and he's had a couple starts under his belt. He's faced a couple of quality lineups in his last few starts. He faced Seattle and Julio Rodriguez, and I thought gave the Braves a chance to win, and the Braves ultimately did get that win. And then in his most... Oh, no, I take that back. That wasn't on Friday. That was on Sunday. On Sunday to close out the Seattle series, which was big. And we talked about last week on the pod, Schuster had seven strikeouts. And I thought Jared did a really good job. He really did. And then in his most recent start against the Philadelphia Phillies, I thought he gave the Braves a chance to win. So I feel like Schuster is beginning to figure it out slowly but surely. Like I said, the Braves are really high on him. I think he's got some good stuff to work with. A talented left-handed pitcher who the, who the Braves think can be a real piece going forward. And along with Bryce Elder, has done a pretty good job of, of keeping his head above water. I know the Braves are throwing him in the fire, basically because they need him to pitch well. But this is really when you get a chance to learn about these young guys, to learn about a guy like Elder, to learn about a guy like Schuster. And I feel like it just goes to show that the Braves are one of the best organizations as far as as far as far drafting and developing young talent. Just look at what they've done. Kyle Wright, who they drafted out of Vanderbilt in 2017. And, you know, it took Wright a while to figure it out. And, you know, some guys, they just pop automatically, like Strider. The guy is different, and I feel like it's only going to be a matter of time for Schuster and for Elder. They're, they're just going to continue to get better and better, and I think the sky's the limit for the both of them. So, all in all, I feel really good about where the Braves rotation is at. So, I do want to talk about one more guy in the Braves rotation, and that is one Michael Soroka. If you were, if you were unaware, Michael Soroka has been in AAA for quite a while, and The news has come out earlier this morning, Sunday, May 28th, 2023, 
and Michael Soroka will be making his first major league start since since he injured his Achilles in 2020 and will now be pitching for the Braves in Oakland in the Coliseum against probably the worst team in Major League Baseball. I'm excited to see what Michael Soroka can do because if he can be half of what he was before he got hurt, then I feel really good about this Braves rotation because that would give you a rotation of Morton, Strider, Schuster, Elder, and Soroka. I, I feel I feel really solid about that. And one last bit of Braves pitching news that I do want to mention, Max Freed was playing catch earlier this week. So that's something to file away. To know that Max Fried is slowly but surely on the comeback. That he has just begun to play catch. Now that's a big step forward. He, he Granted, it's going to take him a while to build up and get back to being the Max Fried that we all know and love. But that is a positive sign going forward. And it's also a positive sign to know that Michael Soroka will be pitching for the Atlanta Braves tomorrow night. In an 8.05 first pitch, that's a 5.05 timeout in Oakland. I'm excited about that. I'm going to be very excited to watch Michael Soroka. As I as I know a lot of Braves country is. To see if he can be anything like he was before he got hurt. And I, I, I just think Brave fans are genuinely excited to see what we have in Michael Soroka. Because it wasn't that long ago that Michael Soroka was the guy. That he was like the can't miss prospect. The, the guy who rose to the Braves fairly quickly. And then the injury bug bit him. So, all in all, I'm sending good vibes and good positivity Michael Soroka's way. Um, he's a really talented pitcher. And I think the sky's the limit for this Braves rotation now, including Michael Soroka. So, I do want to talk a little bit about a couple offensive Braves that have stood out to me so far. And the first one is, to no surprise, Ronald Acuna Jr., who I think is an MVP candidate and is the best player in Major League Baseball and is on pace for a very special season. So, his statistics up to the second are he has a batting average of 322, 11 home runs, 27 RBIs, and 22 stolen bases. 22 stolen bases. So, guys, my nickname for Acuna is I compare him to almost Superman on a baseball field. There's nothing the guy can't do. He's, he's got the speed like Superman. He's got the power and the bat like Superman. I mean, he, he really... He really and truly is Superman on a baseball field. Like the th- like, you never know what he's gonna do next. He just has that wow factor that he brings to your TV or he brings to you if you're at the ballpark. Acuna is just a very special individual, and we as Brave fans are incredibly lucky and incredibly fortunate that we get to watch arguably the best player in Major League Baseball. There's no doubt about it. And the Braves have had great ones through the years. Chipper Jones, Andrew Jones, guys like that. And I heard Chipper Jones say on a radio interview the other day in Atlanta that Acuna is arguably the most talented player to ever don the A. That does not mean the greatest player of all time to don the A, the most talented. And I, for one, agree with Mr. Larry Wayne Jones Jr. I think I, I, I just can't stop talking about how incredible and how amazing Ronald Acuna Jr. is. He's just truly a sight to behold. And we as Brave fans, as I said, are very fortunate to get to watch such a great player. And you also think about it too. Acuna coming back. Acuna coming back from the knee injury. And all the hard work he put in. Alden Gonzalez of ESPN did a really good piece on Acuna. 
I haven't had a chance to read it yet, but from what I hear, it's really good. It talks about Acuna's relationship with his mom and how his mom gave him the strength and the motivation to keep going during rehab, during those tough times, and that Acuna uh, just continued to work hard and continued to be the best player in the game because because in that stretch, when he was recovering from injury, Hakuni Jr. was in a little bit of depression. He was wondering if he was ever going to become that guy again. Well, Ronald got back to work and really, and really not only got the strength back in his knee, reworked on his swing, reworked on his skills, and he really put in a lot of hard work with the Braves coaches. And look at him now. I mean, talent, hard work. Ronald Acuna Jr. is just the ultimate joy of perseverance, never giving up. And like I said, I as a Braves fan and Braves fans everywhere are very, very excited and very happy that we get to watch this this once-in-a-generation type player. He truly is a sight to behold. Another Braves player that I do want to talk about is Marcelo Zuna. Marcelo Zuna has had quite a resurgence in the month of May, getting big hits, getting big home runs, just just contributing. Because, I mean, guys, let's be real. Ozuna in April was absolutely awful. You heard me on pod, you know, whether it be with my guy Tom Green or my dad, and we were talking about Ozuna, and I'm like, when are, when are the Braves going to DFA him? When are the Braves going to release him? Are the Braves going to have to bite the bullet? What are they going to do? But I got to give Snicker credit. He hung with Ozuna. He believed in Marcel, and Marcel, for some reason, the light bulb has come on, and he's really hitting. He's He's... He's really coming to a new zone. And guys, it's not been too, been that long ago, all the way back in 2020, that Ozuna almost won the Triple Crown. I mean, that, that hasn't been that long ago. I mean, the talent in Ozuna is there. No doubt about it. Anyway, I'm really happy for Marcel. He's really starting to hit. And he's really starting to be... He, he's really starting... That guy in the middle of the order that the Braves can feel good about. You can have him in the 5 or 6 hole, and he does he does good things. Getting big hits, big getting big home runs, and like I said, he's just contributing, and it's just nice to see. And if he if he gets rolling, it just shows how dangerous and how talented this Braves offense can really, really be. So, who do I see as the biggest threat to the Atlanta Braves in the National League East? As I said at the beginning of our Braves bit, I think it's the team the Braves are playing tonight on Sunday Night Baseball. I think the Phillies are ultimately the biggest threat. I know there's going to be a pocket of people saying the Mets are the biggest threat, but I don't see it that way. I think the Phillies are stronger, and I'm particularly in the from a pitching standpoint. You you think about what the Phillies can trot out with Aaron Nola, with Zach Wheeler at the front of their rotation, and then they have Craig Kimbrell, who oh yeah, by the way, picked up his 400 save against the Braves on Friday night, which was which honestly I mixed emotions because. What Kimbrell did for that four-year stretch in Atlanta was really, really great for us. But then you find out that Kimbrell ultimately gets traded to San Diego and the Braves rebuild and everything. And then Craig kind of bounces around. And he's with the rival Phillies, and I don't I don't really like that. I guess what I'm trying to say, I have mixed emotions about Craig. I really do. But that being said, I just think the Phillies lineup as a whole is something that the Braves and Brave fans like me should be concerned with. I mean, you think about Alec Bohm. He's a solid hitter. Trey Turner, if he gets going, he he's he's good. I mean, the the Phillies have pieces. You got you got Bryce Harper. The the Phillies to me definitely have more pieces 
than anybody in the division to compete with the Braves. While I still think the Braves are head and shoulders more talented than anybody in the NL East, the Phillies are, are right there with the Braves as far as 1-2 in the NL East for me. So that is going to wrap it up for our Atlanta Braves slash Major League Baseball part of the show. We are going to talk some University of Georgia athletics to round out the show. As I said, there is some news concerning the Georgia Bulldog baseball program. But before we get into that, there was some very positive, happy news concerning the greatest rivalry in all of college football. The world's largest outdoor cocktail party, Georgia and Florida, have extended through 2025. The game is staying in Jacksonville. As a diehard Georgia man like I am, I am very happy that this is happening. I think what makes Georgia-Florida so special is it's a bowl game in the middle of the season. If the stadium is split 50-50, there is nothing like it in college football. You can have, you know, great rivalries like Auburn and Alabama and, you know, Tennessee and Florida or, you know, LSU and Alabama and, I mean, other great rivalries throughout the conference. But for me, there is nothing like Georgia-Florida. There, there's no other rivalry in the SEC like it. It's split 50-50. And both schools have such a fierce rivalry with each other. But there, there's nothing like Georgia-Florida. It's the best rivalry in all of college football. And I'm so glad that it's staying put in Jacksonville. Because here's the thing. If Georgia and Florida do become a home-and-home, it's just going to be another game on the schedule. It's not going to have the specialness, the, the the pomp and circumstance like it does. And that's what makes it so great. And that's something that these other rivalries can't, can't compare to. Like, I know back in the day, Auburn and Alabama played, played neutrally in, uh, at Legion Field in Birmingham. But, I mean, really other than that, there's not really been... Another big time SEC rivalry that is like Georgia Florida. It, it's just its own its own beast. And like I said, I'm excited that it's staying put in Jacksonville for at least a couple more seasons. Because ultimately, at the end of the day, money talks. It the money was too great for Georgia and Florida to pass up. I know Kirby is all worried about recruiting and stuff. But like I've said before on pods, find me a recruit that said that said, oh man, I wish I could have been recruited during the Georgia-Florida game because there are a lot of big-time recruits from the state of Florida who end up coming to Georgia who take great pride in the Georgia-Florida game, like Jalen Carter from Apopka, Florida. I bet if you ask Jalen Carter right now, who's currently training with the Philadelphia Eagles, Jalen, what was your favorite game in Georgia? He would probably say the Georgia-Florida game. It's unlike any game in all of college football, and like I said, I'm just really excited that it is staying put in Jacksonville for at least a few more years. Very happy about that. So now we are going to talk some University of Georgia baseball. Coach Scott Strickland, after finishing his 10th season in Athens, has been relieved of his coaching duties. I have mixed emotions about this. I really like Scott Strickland as a baseball man and hearing stories, and he's a really candid interview, but... At the end of the day, guys, like I said, even last year and even parts of this year, this Georgia pitching staff was just up and down, up and down. And I truly think that that was the downfall. The downfall was the pitching and the recruiting. And I know people are going to talk about the facilities and Foley Field and all that, but those improvements are coming. But I guess Josh Brooks felt like that Scott wasn't getting the job done and ultimately 
It's Josh Brooks's decision. And I'm going to be very curious who the University of Georgia hires to be the next baseball coach. I, I can tell you that there's a lot of people in the fan base who, who have mixed emotions like me who really who really appreciate all that Scott Strickland did and for the University of Georgia because he took it over from David Perno and Scott Strickland did a really good job. He brought in some really talented kids through the years at the University of Georgia. I, I want to thank Scott Strickland for all he did for my alma mater, for, for the Georgia Bulldogs. Um, I truly think if 2020 had been a real season and COVID had not, you know, reared its ugly head. I truly think with a pitching rotation of Emerson Hancock and Cole Wilcox, that, that University of Georgia Bulldog baseball team would have found its way to Omaha. I just think those two pitchers were just too good. It's a, it's a shame that season never happened. That Because honestly, the 2020 team, if you ask Scott Strickland, that was probably his best team that he had at the University of Georgia. So like I said, it's it's a tough day for all of us in Bulldog Nation. This news came out Friday, but at the end of the day, I'm optimistic for the future of Georgia baseball. I know there are a lot of people like me who are Georgia baseball diehards. I'm very curious to see who Josh Brooks brings in as our new baseball coach. And as Josh Brooks has proven time and time again, he's been able to bring in really, really good coaches. Just think about what he did bringing in Mike White for Georgia Bulldog basketball. I think the sky's the limit for for Georgia baseball once once they get everything updated with the facilities because we've seen it. If Georgia baseball is rolling, the people come. Foley Field is a fun place to be. It really is. And at the end of the day, at the end of the day, I'm not not only me, but I know Josh Brooks and everybody else at the University of Georgia wants to see the baseball team competing for regionals and competing well in the SEC tournament and competing for national championship. Because baseball is a sport that, that Georgia can win in. There's too much talent in the state of Georgia for Georgia to be where they've been here recently. I know, and I know college coaches, and I'm sure if Scott Strickland was sitting here with, a, he's sitting here with me right now, he, he would say, you know, we have to fight the draft. And yeah, you have to fight the draft. But, he, but, even, but even if that's the case, you should be able to bring in enough elite talent here at the University of Georgia to have Georgia compete for regionals, compete for championships. Because Georgia, because not only is Georgia a football school, but Georgia is on track to becoming an everything school. And I just think the sky's the limit for Georgia baseball. And the last point I'm going to say, in Josh Brooks we trust. I don't, I don't know who's on the coaching list. I haven't really done a ton of research about it. I'm, like I said, I would love to know what Josh Brooks is thinking about the future of Georgia baseball. And it'll be interesting to see who is the new head coach slash manager of the Georgia Bulldog baseball team. So, guys, I'm going to tell you about FanForAllSeasons.com. It's our website where you can go. You can check out our merchandise at our merchandise store where we've got our comfy color t-shirts in alternate colors of white and black. We also have our OG colors in red and gray as well. So check that out at our merchandise store. Go into the shop merch tab and they'll get all your merchandise needs squared away. If you like this podcast, if you want to know more about us, you can find us on any major podcast platform. That's fan for all seasons. Give us a like, give us a follow. And so now guys, it's time to get one last word from our sponsor this week. And that would be 
Fan for All Seasons is brought to you in part by Georgia Smoke Barbecue, authentic original smoked barbecue catering. You can learn more at georgesmoke.com. So for myself, Jim and Joe, this has been another exciting installment of the Fan for All Seasons podcast. I'll talk to you next week. See ya. Go Braves. Go Dogs.